You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. Thursdays. Firefighters, we're family. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. The subject has explosive chemicals. Get down! With fiery romances. You're the love of my life. And Andy is finally in charge. I'm going to be the best damn captain the station has ever seen. Station 19, all new Thursdays, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. I'll tell you one thing. This is the most killer theme song I've had for any show I've ever done, ever. I'm gonna miss this little audio aphrodisiac. Just one of the things I'll miss. No, uh, no point in beating around the bush, I guess. Many of you have known this for the last several months. You definitely heard it last week if you listened through our uh, our episode with the Degenerate Panel discussing the future of the Degenerate Panel, uh, and now it's time to discuss a little bit about the future of the show overall. What's happening to me? Well, this was my choice, and I want to say that there's nothing harder than deciding when something needs to reach a natural end. When we started the show in 2020, and if you've heard this a million times before, just please bear with me. Um, This was supposed to be a travel show. And quickly with the lockdowns and everything, it became very obvious that that was not going to be the case. Quickly, I had to adapt. And with the help of my great friends, such as Chris Spangle, Brian Nichols, and the others at the We Are Libertarians Network, um, you know, I was able to move it and change it and adapt to the world we were living in. And from a very early point in the show, it became abundantly clear that I had a mission. And that mission was to educate, entertain, and provide the resources so that way we had the motivation, the knowledge, and the courage to take the steps we need in our lives to make ourselves freer and happier individuals. Why did we focus so much on money? It's because money is the only thing you could buy your time back. Why do we value time so much? Because it gives us opportunities to go create memories. Why do we focus on doing, you know, sometimes silly or serious things You know, I never thought when I started the show I would be traveling as much as I did during the lockdowns. I never thought uh, I would be job hunting as much. I didn't think I would be starting Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, that's for sure. I didn't think I would be continuing my paranormal TV series. I didn't think I'd be doing a lot of things. But it it became very clear that it's like, you know, we, we have to 
we have to take advantage of what we have so we can grow as people because the world is getting harder. The world is getting scarier. Um, there were things three years ago that, you know, I would have never thought about discussing, you know, it's a, it's a scary time, but what we've discovered together, and this is what has always benefited me as a host is that it's like sitting in a master class on the human experience. I'm certainly better because of the show. I'm certainly better because of you, the audience. I'm certainly better because of my guests and the topics that we faced. I'm certainly better because of the We Are Libertarians network. So first and foremost, thank you to everybody. I never thought we would get to episode 260 of the show. I was happy just to get to episode 100. When we got to episode 200, that's when we had a bit of a pivot in the mindset. And... Largely, I believe we've succeeded. I believe I've succeeded. And the the question is, well, probably twofold, because I've been getting this from a lot of you in my DMs. Why the choice to end the show? And where were you the past four months? Well, I'll answer half of the second and most of the first. The first was that uh, starting in August, when we went ahead and dropped the show down to one day a week, I was already kind of mentally preparing myself for when we would go ahead and end the show. I actually initially anticipated taking the show to episode 300, but the roadmap to that wasn't very clear. Um, I didn't really know what more I could talk about and whether or not I would be adding value to your life because there are many shows out there. There are many talented people. There's not a lack of content, but what I never wanted to deliver was a lack of intention. I didn't just want to give you stuff that you could easily get elsewhere. I didn't just want to say things that you could easily hear regurgitated elsewhere. I felt like I wasn't providing you the value that you deserve as a listener. You know, it's like if I go into something with my clients and I'm delivering them, you know, half-ass work, well, they could go get full-ass work somewhere else. I I didn't think it was fair to keep it going, especially if I didn't find the motivation. And it wasn't for a lack of motivation, really. It was, I don't know how much more you needed from me, or better yet, I don't know how much more I felt I needed to give. I didn't know what more I wanted out of it. And when you start asking yourself that type of question, that's when you should probably start wondering whether or not you want it to end. When my brother Ryan, the producer for our TV series The Witching Hour, which um, you know we'll have updates on season four coming out. That's right, we're doing a season four, so we're we're doing kind of an extension uh, finale run. Um, you know, we we went into it with a very clear goal, which was document and investigate. Um, you know, occurrences in which the supernatural and paranormal are at play and give enough evidence to convince people that we live in a world where there is crazy kooky stuff happening that is beyond what rational science and understanding can explain. And by the time we got to the end of that series, it had become very clear that we did that. And for us to have kept going, especially since the whole thing was self-funded, um, you know, it, it didn't make too much sense. And there's not like there's a lack of it, but there's a reason why we're probably the only award-winning paranormal documentary series to have ever existed. Um, 
you know, beating out a lot of the other bigger folks. It's because of how we did it and why we did it. And that we chose at the end of the day to end on our terms because the job was done. Well, the job was done here too. And it, it was, um, it wasn't an incredibly hard decision if I'm being honest, because I felt like I had done enough. And that's a satisfying feeling to know that when you get to the end of the road, you look back and you say, you know what? I did it. I did it all. I took you guys into my life. You guys were there when I was making big decisions. You know, job changes alone, you went with me through different phases of my life, through different levels of confidence, Um, you know, to when I moved to Wisconsin, to when me and my friends realized we were getting older, to when I was getting married, to when I was encountering new things, trying new things that sometimes scared me to when I was at my high points and to when I was at my low points. I felt like I did that job with On The Run in that the content here is going to continue to benefit people who I'll probably never know the names of for years to come. And that's the one thing I can say about On The Run that I can't say about a lot of my other past content. You know, this wasn't my first podcast. My first podcast, The Rems of Republic, which uh, Larry Brand is The Rems of Martinez Experience, you know, I don't think I could go back to any of that content that I spent a lot of money and a lot of time and a lot of resources and a lot of energy working on and genuinely say that this is going to be good 10 years from now. But there are episodes from the first year of On The Run that will still continue to be good because when I started On The Run, I made a promise, which was content and quality first. And I absolutely believe that there's not a single episode of this show that I'm not proud of. And that's not something many people get to say. In fact, not many people know when to stop. And oftentimes, other forces end things for them instead of them getting a chance to end it themselves. So, you know, I, I wanted to uh, to end this on my terms. And, you know, uh, my friend Gary Collins passed away in, in September and if you go and listen to the last episode of Gary's Simple Life podcast, it's, uh, it's bittersweet, and his last message is ultimately a message of optimism, but not to get too much into it. Um, you know, Gary was a good friend of mine. Gary Collins, you know him from the show, one of our most frequently requested guests. Um, you know, Gary was at a point where he wanted to step away from many of the things he was doing as a public figure, and he wanted to go and return to his own happiness and, you know, go on that vacation, you know, take that extra extended time to just focus on himself. And sadly, the first day that he um, decided to do that, he, he tragically passed away from us. And he was incredibly young. He, uh, he was only uh, 54 at the time. And it's sad that it took him years to finally realize it's like, you know, I've got the key to simple life, but if I'm not happy where I'm at, what does that mean? And right when he decided it was time to finally take advantage of that, um, life had other plans. And, you know, Gary did pass from natural causes, but it was just, um, it, it took a big toll on me. And that made me ask a lot of questions. Do I want to end this book with a good final chapter that's ultimately uh, a message of optimism, that's a, that's a message of love and strength and courage? And, you know, I believe in ending things on your terms on the best terms. Um, now, second, why was I gone for so long? For legal reasons, 
I can't get into too many details. What I can tell you is that my wife and I are safe. Uh, the trouble has passed. Many of you know um, the situation regarding my family, which was my mother-in-law uh, had been um, diagnosed with terminal cancer in February of 2022, and that was a that was also a big factor in what had happened. And during this time, n- not to be too vague about it, um, there were s- some other very scary things happening around us. And you know, if there was ever what I would call a major crucible in my life. It was this four month period between August through January of this year, uh, right before the Vegas episode, obviously, which let me tell you that almost never happened because I almost had to cancel that trip, uh, which would have sucked. But you know, um, all the things I talk about on the show, I can absolutely tell you played into that experience. It was the scariest period of my life. It was the most dangerous period of my life. I was tested physically, mentally, spiritually. You want to talk about, you know, being blessed? Well, you know, it's good that I had, um, you know, used my skills and used my, uh, you know, wealth, power, and influence to shield us and protect us uh, during a time where all of that was under attack. And, you know, luckily there were some bad guys in the mix and they're, um, you know, they're dealing with what's coming to them because vengeance belongs to the Lord. And I, uh, I, instead of focusing on anger, have decided to turn to doing what is the most important thing in my life, which is living the life of a righteous man and being the best husband, uh, son, brother, and friend that I can be. But let me tell you, folks, um, everything I've ever said in terms of how to prepare yourself for the dangers of the world, whether they be pandemics or personal challenges, um, Everything came into play, and I was tested on all fronts, and by the end of it, I was burned out. And, uh, you know, maybe one day I'll talk more about it, but what I want you to know is that uh, things got pretty serious, uh, battles were fought, and we came out victorious, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just um, shit, shit I could have never thought would happen happened. And uh, that did kind of exaggerate the circumstances that were revolving around this show because by the time I got out of it, I realized that, you know, I'm a different person and that I need to do different things with my life. And one of them will be including, um, you know, uh, doubling down on one of my passion projects, which is the Second Print Comics podcast, while On the Run is ending because the story is told. Um you know, the adventure doesn't end. We'll be continuing uh, doing everything over at Second Print Comics with uh, my good friend and co-host Mark Clare. We'll be continuing the Degenerate panel over there. Um, I think that's a great home for Sean, Zed, and Derek to continue our antics as uh, four uh, millennial friends continuing to live life, uh, you know, in, in the crazy wild world we live in. So, you know, we're not we're not, it's not over guys. Like this might be ending, but we'll still have a ton of fun. So I hope you'll listen 
uh, to me and the guys and everyone over at Second Print Comics. Uh, I will be uh, doing a lot more work regarding my newsletter at remzo.substack.com. The On The Run newsletter also took a break, and that will be coming back more frequently. I'm going to be focusing on some more long-form writing and other stuff that's a bit different. So if you want uh, you know, regular updates and other cool things in your inbox, please go ahead and subscribe to remzo.substack.com if you haven't. And, um, you know, not many people know about this for some reason, but it's, um, it's been something I've been doing since June. I'm a regular contributor to the political recently. I started appearing on, um, you know, on our YouTube channel alongside our host there. And I'm a daily, you know, regular contributor bounding into sports. So even if you're not like a big sports guy, but you like the culture and, you know, stuff revolving around athletes in the sports world off court, uh, if you're not really, you know, if you don't, if you care less about the scores and care more about what, uh, you know, Colin Kaepernick and Brittany Griner are up to, uh, that type of, uh, sports news, then, um, you know, find me over at bounding into sports. Uh, but both, both things are just so much fun. And, um, you know, it's kind of returned me to my roots as a, you know, reporter blogger. I, I love doing it. I like being back in the political saddle to a degree, but still having enough stuff to keep me from, uh, losing my absolute shit about what goes on with the swamp monsters. So I've got content coming out all the time, guys. And what I'm going to promise is that if you want, if you're worried that the type of content you got here at on the run is going away, I can promise you it's not, especially over the newsletter. I'm making myself more open as a, as a, as a colored commentator and guest. So if you have a podcast, a YouTube channel, or even a blog, and you want to interview somebody, if you want to have me, um, you know, on your program or whatever, please just go ahead and email uh, remzopodcast at gmail.com. You'll go ahead and get a lovely response from my uh, partner over there, and we will go ahead and uh, get something on the calendar to, you know, hopefully add value to your viewers. I I would love nothing more than to do with that. So, you know, I'm still around, guys. The content, if anything, is continuing. I was still writing uh, for those for those outlets and stuff, you know, while I was away from on the run. I know my social media was kind of stagnant during that time because I had to be, you know, I had to be uh, focused on a lot more important things. But, you know, it, it doesn't it doesn't end there. So please, if anything, just make sure that if you're not listening to Second Brink Comics, you're at least hooked up with me through uh, remzo.substack.com. I had to do some changes on my social media. I'm focusing less on Facebook, more on Twitter. Had to change my, um, my Instagram, uh, handle from OTR underscore Remzo. Now it's just go Remzo. So I'll be there. So the fun's going to continue guys. I'm not disappearing. If anything, I think I found a renewed purpose, a renewed direction, and I think it's going to value everybody. And for the, you know, the folks here at the Libertarians Network, um, you know, I'm still going to be around. I'm still going to be working with the team. I'm still going to be a contributor and a guest on everyone's stuff whenever they want to deal with me. Uh, so, I mean, you know, nothing but love, nothing but respect. These are my best friends, and I, I couldn't ask for a better community of people. So there's that. Uh, if there's one thing I'd like to leave you with, it's a list of 10 takeaways from this show. If you've been a listener from day one or if it's just the last year, if you've become a part of the OTR community, um, there are 10 things I would want to leave you with. And it's one of the reasons I titled this episode, you know, it's the last last episode, but, you know, we have all the time in the world. One that's an allusion to uh, my my favorite James Bond movie on Her Majesty's Secret Service. Uh, and secondly, the song from that film uh, by Louis Armstrong, uh, We Have All the Time in the World, is also the song 
my wife and I danced to at our wedding. So it holds a, a lot of sentimental value to me. But, you know, what, what only matters is if you took something from the show, you know, that you actually turned it into action. If you can know all the stuff, you could recite all the things, but if you don't do anything, um, it, it, you know, I don't know what to tell you guys. Fortune favors the bold, I guess. So here are my 10 takeaways. The 10 things that when you look back at the show, I want you to know that these were what you kind of took home with you. 10, be adaptive through good times and bad. Um, this show from the get-go did not turn into a outright travel show like I intended, but you know we wanted to explore life, explore the world around us, explore new thoughts, ideas, concepts, uh, you know, ways of uh, encountering the world around us and how to adapt to it so we could be stronger for your happier individuals. And you know, guys, you, you've heard me from you know, from when I was at Parlor to The Times to when I was at a nonprofit to, you know, moving all the way here by myself. Um, you know, there were there were low times, but there were also times of real happiness and joy. And when I was just on top of the world and stuff and, you know, ultimately you just have to adapt to that. So you can you can bitch and complain and be sad about what's going on, or you could just be so high on life, you're not even paying attention, but you got to adapt because life will always bring you down to a middle point where um, ultimately comes down to your outcome and your mindset that will determine uh, what comes next. So be adaptive through good times and bad. Number nine, create memories that last longer than 30 seconds. What my fear for the next generation is, is that we, we have such a fleeting concept of happiness that we're constantly chasing that um, that next dopamine rush that we 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 try and view life through a artificial lens and instead we ignore what's directly in front of us. You, you all know my favorite movie is The Secret Life of Walter Mitty, and there's a sh- scene of Sean Penn and Ben Stiller where they're um, they're in the mountains and they see this you know wild snow leopard. And instead of taking the photo, Sean Penn moves from around his camera and just looks at it. And Ben Stiller is like, "Well, why didn't you take the photo?" And he's like, "Well, you know, sometimes I don't want anything between me and what I'm looking at. I just want to see it for myself and just be in the moment. This is just for me." And um, you know that that's one of the reasons why we do long form conversations here. Why we did so many long form conversations. Why. Uh, we looked for ways to find happiness that will last you through good times and bad and aren't just ways to you know get that quick dopamine fix because the world is constantly telling you you're happy now, you're sad now, you got to go chase happy. You've got to decide that for yourself because um, if you're not in control of that, somebody else is and that could be very dangerous. And you know, as we become a more consumer-centric society um, because that's what the elites are, are really pushing us towards – uh, you know, the consumer worker class, we, we really need to focus on, you know, like what are things we're doing that are actually creating long lasting, happy memories. We need to create those because no one else will create them for us. So that's number nine, create memories that will last longer than 30 seconds. Number eight, adventure starts with one step against fear. Um, you know, it's, it's always scary to try new things. And I think for men, 
it, it's incredibly scary to be at the point where you're at the very bottom of the totem pole. And especially once you get to one place in life, whether it's professionally or personally, where you tend to be the top dog, it can be incredibly scary to go into something else and be at the bottom and have to force that yourself up that way again. Um, you guys saw it, you know, one day I'm, you know, the a junior executive for a tech startup that's taking on Twitter. And the next day I'm working at a warehouse in Dulles, Virginia, and then I'm at a nonprofit. And now, you know, I'm, I'm a white belt in jujitsu and now I'm dealing with, you know, what comes after the army. And now I'm dealing with, you know, all this other stuff. Like you, you've heard it if from no one else, you heard it from me and, I can tell you guys throughout all the shit you heard me deal with on the show, it was always scary. It never stopped being scary. It never stopped making me afraid. But I very clearly realized that no one was coming to save me except me. And that ultimately, how we get to those good memories, how we get to those better points in life, it it comes with first facing fears. And most of the time, the fears in our head are far worse than the ones that um, reality brings us. So that's number eight. Adventure starts with one step against fear. Seven, seek out positive mentors of good character. Um, You know, I, I will always miss Gary Collins. Gary Collins wasn't just a client of mine. He wasn't just a friend of mine. Gary got me through some very serious shit. And honestly, if it were not for this podcast, I would have never met him. Um, this show, uh, you know, allowed me those opportunities. And, you know, while I'm sad that Gary is no longer here, I'm, I'm very blessed to have had him in my life. You know, Nick Freitas, uh, you know, good, good friend of mine. I consider him somebody that I've seen as a mentor, just how he's lived his life and how he's tried to help other young men and women live theirs through his content. Um, you know, so many folks have just been, you know, there for me. Chris Anders, um, you know, it's just, you got to surround yourself with people who are going to challenge you, who are going to make you think about how to be a better person and are there for you in good times and bad. And, um, you know, the difference between a ment- just somebody who's just a mentor and somebody that's a good friend is that they take an interest in developing you. And I hope that, and I know that I've become a mentor to several people. Um, you know, it's not something you really realize you're doing until you found yourself doing it and you found your, that, that relationship developed. So, you know, it's it's something instrumental you need. It's almost like having a second parent to a degree because different people can take you through different stages of life. So seek out positive mentors with good character. Um, that's number seven. Number six, uh, don't take things too seriously because no one gets out of life alive. A, a criticism I got uh, early on from some people who used to come on the show regularly and then stopped around 2021 was that I was doing some goofy stuff. I was talking, you know, at the degenerate panel about dumb movies and I was talking to other friends about, you know, my ghost hunting adventures and stuff like that. And then other people were like, you know, you should focus more on the politics, the news, the serious stuff, the, the skill building. And it was like, you know, if we could constantly do that, we're going to burn people out. And ultimately we don't do all this work just for the sake of making money and accruing influence and power, we have to remember that all of this is done for the purpose of getting back your time so that way you could focus on the things that you love, that give you purpose, that make you happy, that help benefit others too if you're so lucky to do so. And, um, you know, it's it's hard being so serious all the time. That's one of the reasons why my previous 
my first podcast, I, I was really burned out about it because I was never happy. It got to the point, especially towards the end, where I was just, you know, upset and angry and stressed. And I was forgetting why I was doing what I was doing. So you gotta, you gotta just have fun. Be your true self. People who are always serious all the time, and I consider myself a very serious, you know, not, not, I'm not even an optimist by nature. I'm a catastrophist. I'm worse than a pessimist. People are like, you know, glass half empty, glass half full. I'm like, why are we talking about the, the glass? Like the Federal Reserve is destroying our dollar. Like, you know, I, I go to that extreme, but even I have to go ahead and pull back and, you know, make time for the things that deliver me happiness. And if I could share any of that with you, that that's that's what I want to do. That's one of the reasons why the Jenner panel started, specifically because, you know, I wanted to talk to my friends about dumb shit we did in high school. And, you know, we live life together. And, you know, we have to remember that. So please, don't take things too seriously. Because at the end of the day, it, it's all about the things you did, the people you impacted, and the memories you made. Nobody gets out of it alive. That's just the truth. Five, have more radically honest conversations to foster tighter relationships. Um, I never thought I'd be getting as deep into the weeds about my personal life on this show than uh, I did when I started. I mean, we've had some pretty deep conversations about my insecurities, about you know things that I believe that I'm wrong about, the things that I used to believe that I don't believe anymore. You know, my my fears, the things that make me nervous, the things that make me uncomfortable. Um, you know, what it was like being a best-selling author, but also making 725 at the same time working at GameStop. I mean, I, I've been people say a lot of things about me. People used to call me a lot of names, like I'm egocentric, like I think, you know, my shit don't stink and all that stuff. But the truth is, I'm pretty humble about the way I live and I've never hid the things that I've done and I've never been shy to talk about the challenges and the pitfalls that I've encountered because it's made me who I am. And for anyone out there to say that they've had a perfect life is an absolute lie. Um, you don't come to terms with things and you don't get to grow and be a happier person and find more purpose and, you know, move on to do different things until you, you know, bury the past. And uh, I'm not saying that in a way of just forget all the struggles, but you have to understand the struggles, accept the struggles and move on because that's how you grow as a person. And I know that through me having these conversations with folks, just having these one-on-one -on -one talks with you, um, it's impacted hundreds of people, hundreds of people, thousands that I probably haven't spoken to, but I know I've spoken to hundreds of you and those, those things did matter. So, you know, have more radically on, uh, have more radically honest conversations to foster tighter relationships. And I can tell you right now, I, in my life, I probably have five people who I call like my ride or die people outside of my, you know, direct family and my wife, who if I have to call them and be like, you know, we got to go bag and tag, uh, you know, uh, a bogey at, you know, zero dark hundred. They'll be like, Get, send me the coordinates and, uh, you know, let me know what I need to do and we'll, we'll do it. I've got like five of those people. I've got many friends. I've got many good friends, but I've got people who I can who I can call at midnight and they'll be on the phone with me if I need them or they'll go and grab the coffee and you know they're there for me and ultimately you get that and you can develop broader relationships if you're just honest with people. Um, for many years with myself, I wasn't, and it wasn't until I realized that you know you have to be honest with yourself. That means being more honest with others. 
Um, you know, it's, it's, it's ultimately, I've never regretted that. I can honestly say that I've had much better relationships with people, even people who don't like me. It's hard for them to dis, it's hard for them not to respect me. Let's put it that way. You might not like me, but it's hard for a lot of people who don't like me not to respect me. And there are very few people who don't even respect me if they don't like me. So just, just be honest. Um, four, when you start to feel the world is getting too small, get in your car and drive. If I've shown you, it's that, you know, the world's worst travel podcast traveled to a lot of places. Um, I taught you how to go ahead and sleep in your car. I taught you how to go ahead and find fun, free, freaky things, how to save money doing so, how to have fun, how to get more mileage on your trips, how to have better memories while you're out there making them. Uh, the best moments in my life where I had the most clarity was when I was down on my luck, but I got in my car, I had some money in my pocket and a whole lot of time. And I went on a solo trip or I brought my friends or my now wife on a trip with me. And we just focused on having fun and making an adventure out of it. Guys, the, the world is a scary place and it often feels like it's closing in. And, you know, for me, having worked in politics and everything, you know, I always felt so claustrophobic. But the best things I ever did, you know, you know, not having an Anthony Bourdain style budget, um, you know, I, I managed to, to get where I needed to go, both in mind, body and soul. So please, when you start to feel the world is getting too small, remember number four, get in your car and drive. Number three, bet on yourself when others won't. And this isn't just something from this show, but this is something from my life that I hope I've been able to deliver to you. Um, I was never the best looking. I was never the strongest. I was never the smartest. I was never the best at a lot of things. But I found some things I really wanted to do. I put all my time and energy and resources into doing them. And when doors closed, I knocked down walls and made opportunities for myself that I would have never had. And you never really value that ability to just bet on yourself and take a giant chance until you're in a position where you really can't. I mean, the big reason why I'm in the the remote job I'm in now where I can travel and where I can work from wherever, um, while, you know, I was in a point of complacency where I was fine being in an office, being in a place where I wasn't appreciated, um, you know, ultimately came down to I'm not going to be away from my wife while my wife has to take care of my terminally ill mother-in-law uh, for longer than I've already been separated from her because I was here for a year by myself. I will move heaven and earth so that way I could be with her and provide the support to her while she goes through this with her family. And, you know, that was a promise I was able to keep. And every time we needed to go back to Maryland for something, uh, I was able to book a flight that night, get there and continue work and have the benefits that, you know, I, I was able to receive in order to, uh, be the most attentive husband I could be. And, um, you know, it was a very scary time where I didn't think I'd be able to do that. I feared what would happen if, you know, I, I couldn't be there, if we had to be away from each other longer, if I couldn't get my wife, you know, where she needed to go, or if I couldn't give us the resources that we needed to get through a lot of those things. So, guys, it's not just always about starting a podcast that does really well. Sometimes it's just about having the freedom to fucking move. And if COVID taught us anything, it's that if you can't get to where you need to go, that's a big freaking problem. Um, so please, I mean, nobody, nobody is ever going to support you as much as you're going to support yourself. So bet on yourself when others don't, because my whole life is a testament to that. 
two books. One of them was a bestseller, TV series, multiple podcasts, top 100 Apple, you know, actually making revenue from this, able to go do amazing freaking things that I never thought I'd be able to do opportunities and friendships and relationships that never would have happened. It always came through me taking a chance on myself. And I wish more of you would do that for yourselves. So yeah, bet on yourselves when others won't. Um, Number two, time is the most precious commodity in the world. A lot of people, especially uh, you know older listeners that we're libertarians, felt like I was uh, you know ignoring the principles of liberty in exchange for focusing on hypercapitalism and how to be rich and all this other stuff. Uh, guys, remember, let, let me tell you this. Uh, when my when I started this show at episode one, my net worth was like a couple thousand dollars. Now I have been able to monumentally increase that in six years to live a completely different standard of life. And it has provided me opportunities and flexibility and freedom that are, that are life or death. Let's put it that way. And, uh, you know, don't, don't need to know who's listening, so I'm not going to put out numbers. But uh, me now versus me then is a very different person with a very different set of issues that I, I enjoy having because they're issues you get when you reach a higher level of wealth status and influence. So, um, you know, at the end of the day, we do this so that way when you have to go ahead and lay low, take four months off and focus on you know, dealing with scary people and scary situations and everything else, it's better to be the person that has the luxury of time than the person who doesn't. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, you can't take anything to the grave. You, you got to go ahead and live a, a life of stoic principles and, you know, good virtue. So that way you can, you can reach the end of the race and, you know, the Lord will say a job well done. So time is the most precious commodity in the world. I think I've said this more than enough times. Um, It's the one thing that I really want you to go home with. And then the the most important thing is, you know, get right with God. Um, You know, a lot of people don't like it when I talk about that. And I I don't know what to tell you because I'm not going to stop. I haven't stopped. And what I can say is that when man fails, God is always there. And that uh, in the moments where I felt my head, in, you know, inflate, you know, God brings me down, but he also raises me up to higher opportunities. And, you know, at the end of the day, if I've kind of shown anything, it's that, um, you know, I, I hope I provide you the evidence and the knowledge to say that, you know, while we're here on earth, we serve a higher purpose. And that, you know, God is the king of all things. Jesus is Lord. And, um, you know, even if you're not a Christian like me, uh, you, you have to understand is that, you know, we're, we're here for a purpose. And it's more than just, you know, the, the, the results we can give our bosses and other things like that. We, we, we live in an amazing existence that's both full of tragedy and triumph. And, um, you know, the one thing I would say is if, if anything else, it's that if you're wondering... You know, if your life isn't where it's supposed to be, if you're unhappy, if you're sad, if you're scared, if you're mad, whatever, you you get right with God, and He will He will give you exactly what you need. It's not always what you want, but it's exactly what you need. So, number one, get right with God, and God will do the best He can for you to give you what you need to go where you need to go. So, folks, thank you so much. This has been an amazing run. Two hundred sixty episodes. 
I hope I've been able to help you as much as many of you have helped me. And the adventure continues. So please, uh, just, you know, best way to connect, remzo.substack.com. Hear me every Wednesday at Second Brick Comics. You can read my work at Bounding in the Sports every weekday. And uh, follow me on social media, Hey Remzo on Twitter and Go Remzo on Instagram. As always, be good, be safe. I'll talk to you later. Good night.